Welcome to another exciting episode of The Connected CEO. We are back and we are excited. This is the first episode of 2022. And, you know, we thought, what better way to kick it off uh, than bringing in the other Tom uh, that you all know. You've heard from him before. We have Tom Maroney here today. And the reason why we brought Tom in is there's so much exciting stuff uh, that happened in 2021 that we're going to talk about. Um, that Tom's really going to set the stage for that. And we're going to talk about some of the wins uh, throughout this year. Uh, with Tom Cardella as well on the podcast, but we really want to bring Tom Maroney in um, because as the the overall uh, kind of operator, the guy seeing things going on, um, he could really give a great uh, sort of view of that. So Tom, excited to have you on. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful, Mike. Thank you very much for this opportunity to have a chat with you. Uh, I'm excited. And I think, Tom, we have so much to share. You know, 2021 coming in, I think everyone across the world had expectations for what it was going to be. Um, and nobody knew, right? We didn't know what to expect. We planned. Um, there was a lot of adjustment, I think, you know, both inside uh, of our industry and then also outside of it. Um, but I think you guys, uh, really a lot of great, exciting things happened this year. Um, and we want to talk about that. I mean, what were some of the things that stood out for you as the big wins of 2021? Well, you know what? Before I get into that, Mike, I'll just take a second and talk about what we've witnessed in the last few weeks in America in terms of the National Football League. Yeah. <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking at teams going to the Super Bowl now that we would have never thought were headed to the Super Bowl. And we're looking at some of the great names who were essentially knocked out of the competition earlier than anyone thought. The point is, we've got to be prepared for anything that's going to happen because, you know, you plan for one thing and something else happens. That's a lot like our industry. And 2021 was a year like that for sure. We were coming out of 2020, a very difficult year. We were looking better. All sorts of things went wrong. Delta came in, blew the lid off things, make things more difficult. But as a company, we were defining our strategy for 2021 and executing it. And the point I'm, I'm making is that when a curveball comes your way, you've got to see around it. You've got to be able to make those changes. So we remain nimble as a company in 2021, really proved that for us immensely. So let's talk about some of the things that we accomplished. Growth, growth as a company, you know, a difficult time to grow, but we saw our company add new clients, add new streams of revenue, and in fact, add new locations. And that sounds paradoxical. That's not even a word. This, that's not, you can now. cut that out. You can cut that out, right? You <laughs> can. And in fact, it might be. But um, you, you look at 2021 and you say you, you actually open new locations in the United States. And that really goes against the grain because there's been a mass adoption of work and home resources. And yes, we've done that too. But we're also looking ahead to the future. And we see a day when people will come back to the office, maybe not 100%, but certainly 50 to 60% will be back in the office. And for that reason, we have to be able to attract employees, attract new clients, and find new play, new locations in that regard. So for us, you know, in January, we opened America's Georgia. That's a Jimmy Carter country, about two hours south of Atlanta, a wonderful location there with the help of the Economic Council of Sumter County. Uh, we opened that in January in record time. We have 400-odd stations there. It's a beautiful, beautiful self-contained wow. center. Very excited about that. And, you know, we also listened to our customers' needs and made a foreign direct investment in the Dominican Republic. And we opened a brand new center there for us uh, in the middle of Santo Domingo, the capital city, which is a population of 3 million plus people. So it's a great place to hire people. Uh, that was really successful for us, Mike. We came back towards the end of last year and said we don't have enough capacity. 
and we built out another 170 seats in December, and they are now ready. So, of course, we've added five or six new clients to be supported from the Dominican Republic, which is just tremendous. And these are big names. These are Fortune 500 companies. We couldn't be happier to see that. So that's one of the great things that we accomplished in 2021. And I want to talk a little bit about that too, because it still stayed true to the roots. And I, and I think to the mission of the company is you went into the small towns, right? Um, you know, I, I know we talk about America's Georgia and you mentioned kidding around Jimmy Carter country, but it really is a smaller area. And you guys came in there and it, and it had a big impact there. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of news coverage, a lot of local, you know, how you kind of revive that, that space. And then also in the DR as well. I mean, you know, from the billboards up on the streets to, to the impact. I mean, TLC, you guys really came into not just the areas and the communities, and that's really a part of your mission going into smaller areas. You know, talk a little bit about that impact of how that affected these smaller areas and you guys going in there, especially during COVID. Right. Well, TLC Associates is just different than most other BPO companies. And you know that when Tom set out to create this company, he really had a vision to service second and third tier communities where we and our clients by extension can be employers of choice. And that is why we're attracted to these small towns. America's is a great example. You know, we have a great working relationship with the Economic Council of Sumter County, and they will tell you, they will tell you that when they signed TLC to that community, we started the ball rolling and we start attracting new businesses to the area. So, I mean, they're very happy with us. We're very happy with them. And the future looks very bright for us. And Mike, what's important about these smaller communities is that when you hire an employee and you treat them well, you can retain them for a long time. Because as I said, you can be the best employer in town. So very important for us. Santo Domingo, you know, that was a fairly easy choice for us. It is the largest city in the Dominican Republic. The population of the country is about 10 million. About a third of it is in Santo Domingo. You go there because there is scale. You go there because when you have scale like that, you've got availability of English resources. You know, the population on the island is strong, but the English-speaking population isn't huge. And consequently, about 25,000, 30,000 people support bilingual seats in the Dominican Republic today. So you want to go where you can find people. Yes, it's a higher labor uh, expensive market, but it's where you'll find the best results. And I got to tell you, our clients are just delighted with the service that's coming out of the Dominican Republic. And it's been a great success for us. Congratulations on that. You know, I know too, um, also, you know, a lot of big wins too on the award side. I mean, you know, not just uh, you guys making the mission, but you got recognized a lot from the outside uh, of the industry as well. Talk a little bit about that and some of the big accomplishments there. Yeah, we're very proud about two awards in particular, the Stevie Awards, which are really renowned in the CX space. We won for... Well, Tom Cardella, in fact, won for People Focus CEO of the Year, yeah. bronze level. Now, I think that was remarkable. We're talking about a year where COVID was, you know, going through the country rapidly, where it was impacting employer-employee relationships, where, you know, the safeguard of our employees were our top concern throughout the year. And during that, and against that backdrop, our CEO is recognized as people-focused CEO of the year. I think that speaks mountains for our company and our culture. And I'd like to just say congratulations to Tom Cardella on, on that particular Ooh. achievement. It's wonderful. That's and the second, was, the second was that we won Customer Service Team of the Year International. And I have to tell you, Mike, the backdrop on this is fantastic. 
we've got about 300 full-time equivalents supporting a major retailer. And the backdrop on this award is that despite COVID, we had achieved eight consecutive quarters rated as outstanding against our KPIs. And that's against a backdrop of no relief against KPIs during COVID. So that's a tremendous award too. And it just shows the dedication of our team, you know, the, the, the fact that they're, they're willing to, to put their heads down and really figure out how to do things better, how to make sure that we meet our staffing lines, how to make sure that our client and their customers are served properly. And, you know, these awards, they don't, they don't happen on accident, Mike. So I'd like to thank all the great people behind these awards, including Tom Cardell on the first one, but the broader team for bringing home the second one. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I really think, you know, you noticed a lot um, that culture was important to you guys. Right. And I think, you know, we mentioned going into these small towns and the stimulation. I think the fact that, you know, Tom getting that award and then even you guys seeing that, that customer service award, it's based on the culture you guys have created. And there's been another kind of big milestone. If we'll talk about some of the other big cultural wins for you guys as a company in 2021. So we've always operated as a veteran run company. We've always shown a lot of empathy towards our military. We've been very interested in hiring our vets, et cetera. But one thing that the industry didn't know much about was Tom Cardella's own past, and that is that he is ex-military. He is a retired vet. And we kind of made it formal last year. We, we, With the help of the National Veteran Business Development Council, we became a certified veteran-owned business, which, you know, makes us very proud, makes us very proud indeed, and puts us into a small category of suppliers in our space. But it also nods our hat or tips our hat as an organization to what this military means to this country of ours and what those served mean to us personally. And it's a way for us to bring it all together, you know, operate now as a certified veteran-owned business be more meaningful and impactful in our communities as a result. And we think it's good. We think it's really good for us. And it's an expression of who we are. And now it's formal. Awesome. And I even know some of, some of your sites too are near uh, military installations as well and military bases. And uh, you guys also employ, um, you know, families and sometimes, uh, you know, even people that are currently serving in some of those sites as well, correct? That's correct. And that didn't happen by accident either, Mike. Yeah. Mike you know, it, it, it's, it's no secret we chose El Paso because we're right beside Fort Bliss. Yeah. You know, it's a massive military installation and, uh, you know, it's a great draw for us. And also we invested in New Mexico. We're in Las Cruces in Alamogordo, New Mexico, right near the White Plains uh, National Park, if you like. But Holloman Air Force Base is there too, and we draw from there as well. And in fact, our head of recruiting, David Bladen, has, uh, you know, developed very nice relationships with these military bases, and he's working very hard to recruit vets and their spouses to come join our company. We want them here. There's a future for them. Awesome. You know, and, and you talked about kind of the idea of the expansion that you guys have done, um, not only into the sites, but, you know, what other things were important for you guys in 21, not just location expansion, um, but as a company, you know, veteran-owned, expanding the location, what were some of the other big things you guys focused on that were the wins this year? So we made a lot of investments inside our company. And, you know, some were new to the company and some were kind of retooling our existing processes. For example, learning management software. We've always had that. But in 2021, 
boy, we really put some weight behind it and we really formalized it. And we have so many great courses and content available to all of our staff. So that's kind of was redesigned completely in an effort to work within the confines of COVID. So now we can support remote training very effectively. And we have LMS. You've got two things happening. One is you've got consistent messaging and delivery to every single person, which is very, very important. And the second is you've got an audit score of who's done what. So you can track everything that's happened. And as a result, you know, if somebody misses the module, you can push it to them some, at some other time. And it makes it very effective in that regard because you can make sure that everyone experiences the same training. And as a result, we become stronger as an organization. So that that's very exciting for us. And again, another building block for us as we move forward in this exciting space that we're in. You know, I, and I know too, you mentioned 2021 kind of being, uh, you know, maybe not seeing the relief we expected from COVID both in, you know, just variants and, and regulations. And it was up and down a lot through the year. Um, but you guys really focused a lot, I think, on maintaining culture uh, within the organization. I mean, that was really important for you guys. But what were some of the surprises when you saw, uh, you know, some of the things in your industry uh, this year? What were some of the surprising trends and what did you guys learn from this year? So one of the surprising trends is the level of demand for resources. You know, staffing has been a challenge. Let's not get ourselves. Hiring people and retaining people has become the most important part of our mission. And I will tell you, Mike, in 2021, we spent 3x per employee in terms of costs to hire and train somebody versus 2019. So things changed dramatically. Wages increased. I mean, wages increased, seriously increased. And it's not like, you know, when wages increase, you can go to your client and say, by the way, I've got to spend another 2 or $3 an hour would you like to help me with that? Because they would look at their contract and go, well, what does the contract say? Now, it's true that some clients will say, yeah, we want to help with that. But for the most part, that's a burden that a business must take on and find a way to make it work. So if your costs go up on wages, you've got to find a way to reduce your attrition to offset against that. Where possible, you've got to work with your clients to make sure that the rate is a win-win for both companies. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the real challenge for us was to get better at hiring people and retaining people. So you're forced to ask yourself serious questions. You're forced to go to your employee population with an employee satisfaction survey, learn from it, and take action on it because people are watching and people have choices now. So the better you engage with your people, the better you communicate with your people, the easier it is to retain your people. So we learned a lot in terms of staffing how to hire people, how much it costs to hire people, and why it's so important to hold on to them. You know, and, and I think you mentioned the people you talked about before when you got the award. I think, you know, customer service focused, people CEO focused. There's a lot of CEOs, you know, maybe listening to this and, and Tom being the connected CEO that may say, hey, we, we just didn't expand in 2021. We just were, were, were kind of like sitting back and watching what was going on. And here you look at what you guys did, expanding, uh, not only expanding, but getting recognized and winning awards for that. You know, what recommendation would you have? And I want to talk about 22 in a second, but to the CEOs out there listening that say, hey, you know, okay, maybe we want to be more aggressive and we do want to expand. And you guys took that risk in, in, in probably a more highly volatile time. What advice would you give to them when looking to expand to, to kind of just take that action and, and no longer be scared? Well, what I admire about our CEO, Tom Cardella, is his ability to put his finger on the pulse of the business. 
you know, a business like ours is people intensive, people focused, but it's a living organism. It's got a heartbeat and you got to be able to put your finger on that pulse and decide whether it's healthy or not. And one of the things that Tom does well, and he's in fact, one of the reasons he's not available today is that he gets out to our centers and he visits with our center directors and, you know, every employee, every level in that center, and he's engaged. He's engaged, so he knows exactly what's happening. When it comes to, you know, achieving results, we've always said about our company, we're about two things, and it's in this order, people and results. You, you, you ask other CEOs, they'll say people, process, and technology. We don't think like that. We think, we think about people and results. Take care of people. And the results will follow. That's how we operate. The other stuff, process technology, it's important, but you know, you need to have that buttoned up no matter what. So I think that's what differentiates TLC. The second thing is with that, Tom is involved in every client relationship. And he's got a very, very good way of staying in touch and understanding where we are with customers. One, he talks to them directly, but two, every day we have a readout on our accounts. It happens at the same time. It doesn't take long, but Tom is armed with information so that he can remove obstacles from performance or he can intercept a pass or he can reach out to a customer. He's always informed. He's got his finger on the pulse, as I said, and he's willing to course correct and he's willing to pick up a phone and tell a customer, you know, we didn't do well in this regard. This is what we're going to do about it. So that level of ownership and accountability that exudes from him just permeates our organization and makes us, you know, quite a strong team. Awesome. You know, and, and speaking of the team, and you talked about it, the football analogy in the beginning of the podcast, you know, um, I remember 1988, uh, my first Super Bowl, we're both in South Florida, was was the Bengals and the 49ers. So I was kind of like, man, it would have been really cool uh, if that would have repeated. But either way, you know, um, all these games have been close, right? All these games have been unexpected winners, unexpected losers. Um, you know, even kind of uh, if you would have tried to predict this at the beginning of the season, these are probably two teams you may not have picked. Um, but we know, like I said, you guys kind of have a clear vision. So I want to talk about 2022 um, and why, you know, we don't always know who's going to win. What are some of the trends you guys are seeing uh, both as TLC and in the industry moving into 2022? So one, I want to say that we're very well prepared for 2022 because of the investments that we made in 2020 and 2021. Uh, we have been successful in adding growth to our company in those two years. We've been profitable as a company. We have reinvested those profits in our company and our people, which is very, very important. The point is that we have bandwidth now as we move into 2022. So we're sitting in a position where it's working. We're making money, which is very important for any business. And we're poised to grab more share of market and bring that into our centers where we have capacity. Because we're going from a period where 50% of our capacity was available into a period where we're going to fill that capacity. We're assuming that we can put Omicron and any other variant behind us and that life will go on. And in fact, as we've seen in Europe, they have now classified this as an endemic versus a pandemic. I think that's probably near in our future. When that happens, we're positioned beautifully to say to customers, we have capacity available. We know how to hire the people. We know how to train the people. And boy, we have a reputation for getting results. So I think, you know, in that regard, we're positioned beautifully. Um, 
I think we're going to see, unfortunately, and I think this is really unintended uh, by the country and the government and the industry, but I think we're going to see more and more reliance on offshore and nearshore solutions. Why? Because as labor goes up in the United States, you know, the cost of doing business is going up. So it's important to remember that, you know, if wages go up by $3, a company needs to charge $5 to cover that, plus the benefit load, plus margin requirements. So, you know, $5 an hour is effectively $10,000 more a year for a full-time equivalent. So I think by virtue of the fact that wages are escalating in the United States and not so much outside the United States, that we will see more volumes heading to places like the Philippines, India, and near shore, which includes Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Nicaragua, etc. Colombia, another big one. So I, I think we'll see a lot of that. I think there'll be a lot of resources required by the market as things start to continue to open up and demand is very, very strong. Uh, I think, you know, employers or companies, big companies will come to us for staffing solutions because we can do it better. We can turn it around faster and uh, we can help augment their efforts. So I think it's a very bright future in 2022. The demand will be there. Uh, the, the, the trick will be solving the staffing piece of it. You know, and, and I think to it as the world's getting smaller, right? We see that. Um, and more importantly, I think as you guys have gone into these communities and you mentioned whether it's near shore or here in the U.S., um, you guys are giving back a lot, you know, and I think um, that's one of the things that I think also helped make Tom kind of a people-focused CEO. You guys still kept up with a lot of the charities doing the impact in the communities, you know. As, as we come uh, to kind of an end here, if there's people and, and, and you know, sort of leaders listening and are saying, hey, I want to be a people-focused CEO, um, whether I'm opening offices here locally or going internationally, how do I do that? How do I, how do I really stay focused on my people? And, and we know Tom does a great job of that. And like I said, he was recognized for that. But moving into 2022, that's a goal for some of the CEOs and leaders. How do they make that happen? You don't have a choice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, you really don't. You've you got to get with it. You have to have a relationship with your constituents, your employees, the communities in which you work, and the charities that you support. Yep. Yep. And I and I think Tom's a great example of that because he gets, like you said, he, even today, he's, he gets on the ground and he does that. He's out there. He's, you know, and everyone, and he's approachable, right? I think I think that's another big thing um, that he's done well. So it's, it's, uh, it's an, it sounds like it's an exciting time for you guys looking back. Um, yeah. And more importantly, an exciting time moving forward. Um, and Tom, you know, I got to ask because it's, it's my favorite thing that we talk about. How's the grill been treating you lately? <laughs> the grill was retired this weekend in South Florida because as you know, Mike, it's been very cold down here. Yes. Yes. So we, we went for some heartwarming dishes. We had a chapino on Saturday night, which was absolutely stunning. And then last night we uh, went Nolan style and we had a shrimp etouffee. It was delicious. Very nice. <laughs> now, the good Very news nice. is we're coming out of this cold snap and the grill will be back on probably tonight. So yeah, I'm, ex yeah. I'm expecting maybe a shack burger on the grill tonight. Have you tried those? They're oh, delicious. no, no, that sounds good. All right. See, I knew I'd get a good recommendation out of this. Yeah, I'm uh, listen, friends. That, man, that <laughs> man could put his name on water and sell it, but he's got a burger now, a shack burger, go. which is outstanding. You got to try it. 
Oh, I got, I got to get one of those. It just sounds good, right? If Shaq's involved, it's got to be good. Um, <laughs> yes, and unlike our friends up in the Northeast, our our winter usually only lasts a few days, and then we're, we're right back at it. So, so that's a good thing. Well, Tom, this has been great. I appreciate you being on. I can't think of a better way um, to to kick off the new year and kick off the podcast. We look forward to hearing from you and Tom uh, and a lot of people in the organization this year on the Connected CEO podcast to kind of share um what's happened what's gone on because it's really been uh like you said a team effort and and, and kind of getting in there and leading so really appreciate you being on the show today tom great and i can't wait for tom to return from this uh, trip to all of the centers and start to tell you more about what he's learning from our business as it continues to evolve yep i'm excited i'm excited all right and we appreciate all of you tuning in for more great episodes like this visit the and we will see you on the next episode